Hey, listen to Commander Kukot Podcast, episode 189. I'm Brando. I'm here with Ryan, and we're going to continue the arc of the good vibes by talking about a guy that nobody has ever cared about. Now, hit our theme song! Hey, Ryan. We're back for yet another whirlwind adventure. How you doing? Good. What is going down? Whole ton is going down. We're back with another CCO National Light submitted deck. We're going to talk about some partners. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that's been going on today. We're probably going to mention the fact that it was raining like mad this morning and now has completely stopped and everything will dry out and die very, very soon. But before we do any of that, we have to thank our official sponsors, face2facegames.com. It's Canada's biggest magic store. Ooh, very much. So, got an order on the way. Have you received yours yet? I have. Ooh. And big news, I had three orders in the mail, yeah. and two of them came at the same time in the same envelope. Oh. Yeah, they like... They were so backed up at the like at their warehouse where they were packing, they were like, hey, this chump made another order just to f- bog us down. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's just put all this shit in one envelope. So now I got all the stuff to build uh, monomutate.deck, which uh, I actually played in VDH a little while ago. I I was sleeving it while we were getting ready to play the game. So I just took all of the cards out of Horde of Notions, except for the mana base. Yeah. And then just shuffled all of the cards that said mutate on them into the same thing. Your mutate is five color. Yeah. Who's the commandy again? Sliver somebody. Sliver Hive Lord. What the fuck? Because he's indestructible. You can mutate onto him. Yeah, it makes it hard to kill my my mutate pile. That's pretty cool. That's a. I thought it was a good idea. Was it fun? Uh, it was super. It was great, and I play second. Oh. Uh-huh. But uh, just my mana base was the shits because uh. like I hadn't. You took your own advice and didn't include shocks or fetches or duels. <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't uh, like cut the cards that are bad like. I just put all of, like, literally every card that said mutate on it is oh, what yeah. the deck was. There yeah. was nothing else in it. That's how you build mono five color mutate, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's what I thought, but it turns out some of them just aren't good, even in mono five color mutate. Oh, it turns out you need, like, mana rocks and some card draw, some D- interaction. No. No? No. You no, just that's need what mutate mutate's creatures. for. <laughs> yeah, that's why yeah, I have yeah. mutate. You but, get your you get your dirge bats and your parcel beasts and stuff. There's my ramp and removal. Exactly. Yeah. And it turns out, it turns out the cloud piercer sucks even in the deck that it was built to go in. Oh yeah, Cloud Piercer always sucks. I like I like how the Cloud Piercer was one of their first little animated things right on the wizard site. Here's a Cloud Piercer. This is how you mutate, and it was the worst it one. It was just by <laughs> far the worst one. Oh dang! It's even worse than the Parakeet or the Foxakeet. Porkukeet. No, that one's a good one. But there's oh. like a little. It's like a prickle, fox. Pricklebird. What is it? Prickle. Porky. Scorpupine. Jesus, their names are crazy. Yeah, we could Porcupete. Just... Is Porcu- that what it is? Porcupod? It's whatever, but that one's better than this Volcapete. That's its name. It's a fox and a parakeet, and it's white. And oh, it you pl- gain a life when it mutates or something? You uh, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Mutates. Oh, that's what it is. That one's good yeah. in standard, isn't it? Uh, I do play it in my red, white mutate deck. I have a mutate. I have six different mutate decks on Arena. <laughs> so that whenever whatever my daily is, like cast this many spells of these two colors, I always have a mutate deck for it. There it is. This is all I play is you're, mutate. You're online. digging the mutate. Yeah, dude. I like it lots. All and in right. real life, it is very difficult. So 
Who? Well, you know, it's uh, there's some magic talk right off the top of the show. What the hell? Are, who are we? I have no idea. Well, on the, I guess we blew all the Dragon Ball Z stuff on the pre-show. Oh, anyway. yeah, and then we talked for like 10 more minutes about Dragon Ball Z, and there's a bunch of funny stuff we were oh, talking about. Like, like you need so much hair to be a Super Saiyan 3 that it like sucks the rest of the hair back inside your body and blows it out the back of your head <laughs> like you're running real fast. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, there goes all your knuckle hair, I guess. I I wouldn't mind that actually. Oh yeah. Like if people run really fast, their body hair comes off. People should just run really fast cuz body hair is weird. Yeah, you know what? I think you and I were lucky. We uh we're not very hairy dudes. Definitely. <laughs> Here's a tangent. So before you came to pick me up this morning to record this delightful Magic the Gathering focused podcast, yeah. I was watching one of Pamela Anderson's first movies. You see her boobs by the way. Which wh- her it's first professional movie? Yeah. It's, or her first, like, you know. No, it, it was, uh, it's called Snapdragon. It's a real Snap movie. Snap what? Snapdragon. Okay. Snapdragon, as in the flower, not the sexual move. Don't Google that unless Do you're really not. curious. But the point is she plays, like, a traumatized possible Asian enslaved hooker who shows up and is an amnesiac in America and may or may not be serial killing fools. I won't ruin it for anybody. This sounds like a terrible movie. But there's there's a part where, like Pamela Anderson in her twenties, like before all the surgeries and before like Hep C and all that stuff you're ravaged sp- her. Oh yeah, you're speaking my language. And now. turned her into somebody's like creepy mom. She was like super hot, and she was like in this sex scene with this dude that had just like so much body hair. I was like, Ooh, dude. Yeah, well, it's the early 90s. You're kissing all up on that. Your eyebrows would stick to his chest. It's, it's like so, Velcro. Whoa. Oh. It's just something else, man. Like, how much money did she get paid extra to do that? You know, I feel like... I don't want to body shame anybody, but... Whew. Manscaping is important. We can yeah, say that. Yeah, it, you, it helps with, you know... Skin health underneath hair, it helps. It can help with smell depending on how much hair you have, <laughs> right? That's important. Yeah, taking per, taking good care of yourself is important. You know what? You know what else I am thinking about now is I would love to have Pamela Anderson's face velcroed to my body, but I'm not hairy enough. So maybe there is some benefits to it. Touche. Yeah. Touche. Mm, that's it. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Think of something new every day. Yeah, you know, that. we are a Magic the Gathering podcast. We are talking about a deck. We had a hint to win some CCO stickers, coasters, maybe some booster packs now that stores are back in stock. Maybe some Corset 21 type booster packs. We could give some away or something, right? All rare all the time. Now that, the value oh, yeah, all rares. 15 rares. Yeah. Now that we're not traveling anywhere, we've got a little bit of extra budget. Speaking of which, patreon.com slash CCO podcast. If you want to help the show grow, help the show continue to be brought into your eye holes, ear holes, or any other holes that you'll have us in, as Brando says. Yeah. We've got some behind-the-scenes stuff that we're talking about, speaking of eye holes, right? Sure. Yeah, can't say too much about it, but I do want to give a little bit of an update on the Calamax Community Communist Cookout build. The -the behind-the-scenes stuff that we're working on is preventing that project from moving forward, having CCO Nationalites get cards in the mail or alter cards and send them to me. I want to do a couple things that Brando and I are talking about before that project goes on. So just so everybody knows, I haven't forgot about you guys. I know that lots of people wanted to alter cards in the deck and that that is forthcoming. Yes. Yeah. Another, another big thing that I wanted to say, it is June. June is mine and Brando's most expensive month. Yeah. All of our domain renewing, bandwidth renewing 
happens annually. I thought stuff on the internet was supposed to be free. Um, well, on certain sites, there are free versions. Like, everywhere you go, it's like, oh, I'll watch this for free. I'll that movie I was talking about just now? Free. Yeah, if you want the goods, though, you got to get the premium accounts. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's why you come to Commander Cookout. We got the premium accounts, <laughs> right? <laughs> so we 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 want to continue with hosting every single episode in our backlog, and we're almost at 200. Yeah. Which is super cool. Holy shit. Yeah, and we want unlimited bandwidth because the show grows or people the new people find the show all the time, so we want to have them be able to access the show. Welcome and F you if you're new. Oh, definitely F you. Mm-hmm. So all of the billing for that happens in ju in June, at the end of June. This week it happened. So if you're willing, able, patreon.com slash CCO podcast. It helps the show continue, helps the show grow. If Patreon isn't right for you, commandercookout.com slash store. Store for CCOsters. Those are coasters with CCO logos on them. Correct. CCO stickers. We've got a couple play mats left. I'm thinking about taking those down, though, because I want to have a couple for giveaways. So last chance, maybe. Last chance. Get on there. And Brando and I have been talking with some of our creative team on the Discord and kind of compiling ideas for other stuff, too. Some just little minor stuff as a as a thank you and, and again, to help the show grow. Indeed. Yeah. Growth so is fun. That's, that's what we're... Yeah, growth is fun. We're like lobsters. We get too big for our shell and we start to, like, wince in pain so we crawl out and we're all naked in public. Yeah. Yeah. We're also more aerodynamic than a Jeep, and we don't die of old age. Yeah, we just get bigger. Yeah. Yeah, pretty soon there'll be giant 50-foot Ryan and Brandles running around downtown naked. Sounds like all of downtown because there's a, <laughs> a community shelter there. <laughs> <laughs> and it was abandoned for like three months, and now it's just... Well, I haven't been downtown in a long time. I don't want to go downtown. I, I go to the edges and I go to because the toy store is down there. Yeah. So I go look for Transformers and then I get out of there. Yeah. I go I, Sunday morning when like everything else is closed except for the toy store. Mm. Just run and run out real fast. That's it. I want a Quintesson. What is that a Transformer? Yeah. Quintesson? Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a Quintesson. There's a bunch of them, but they're expensive, so I only want one. Ah. Yeah. It's got like five faces on like a little egg and they float on these weird little tentacles and laser beams that comes out of their butts and they live on this planet where they have all these robot shark people and they just feed people to them all day. I wasn't going to Google any of that until you said robot shark people. I heard laser beams, butts, tentacles, and a bunch of face. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's real stuff. Well, should we talk about a deck? I guess so. If you checked out the pre-show yesterday... Please like and subscribe. We're still working on the subscriber thing. You know, a huge percentage of our views on YouTube are coming from non-subs. So if you want a zero cost, literally doesn't affect you in any meaningful way, but helps us out a lot, just go and hit subscribe. Yeah. If you're listening on YouTube to this cast, just hit subscribe. We'd appreciate it very much. It's kind of down a little bit and sort of to the right. Uh, I yeah. Think. Yeah. More, more or less. Yeah. There's actually a little... Uh, icon on the corner of the YouTube video that you can just click. You click with your finger one time and it like it helps somebody. Neat. That seems important. I guess so. Like if I was able to do that, you know, just by clicking a fucking button. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. it. Should we talk about a deck? I guess so. Who's the commandies? There are two of them. The hints were, and I'll just kind of run them down as I run them down. 
So we got this first guy is the jock that sits on the couch at the high school party wearing his old letter jacket, but he's like 35 and he's the manager at the store that all the kids work at, but he's at the party anyway somehow. <laughs> and that's Silas Wren, Seeker Adept, a 2-2 death toucher for blue-black one. Whenever he deals combat damage to a player, choose target artifact in your graveyard. You may cast it this turn. And he has partner, and he partners... With a card that I think everybody forgets about, nobody remembers, and nor should they. And we were so excited to get this guy in Commander 16, right? Like, oh, we finally get a card named... Yeah, and it's it's Ludovic Necro Alchemist, who is a 1-4 human wizard for blue-red 1. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player may draw a card if a player other than you, the controller of Ludovic Necro Alchemist, lost life this turn. And obviously both the guys I have talked about so far have partner. So let's break that down for a minute. At the beginning of each player's end step, that player draws a card if somebody who isn't us lost life. Yes. Why on earth is that card written like that? Is this supposed to be some kind of political card? I I, I guess. If we lose life, like if we make ourselves lose life, do other people not get to draw cards? No, right? Right. Whether or not we lose life, as long as somebody else did, whoever's turn it is, they draw a card. Yeah. That's like bad. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. This isn't a good card. I'm not sure. I was actually looking through the other partners. I assume Silas is important. And when we get to the deck, Silas is important. And he wanted to play red. And there's only so many... Partners that include red that also include blue because you can't really mix and match so much. And there's red and black, so you could do Vile Smasher. I think Vile Smasher is the only Rakdos one. But then you gotta say, hey, no, it's it's not Vile, it's not that Vile Smasher, guys. Yeah. So you gotta. There's not even a whole ton of cards in here that would be good with Vile Smasher. You'd have to significantly change the deck. Like there's one card in here that costs eight, and one that costs six, and one that costs seven. Oh yeah. What's the seven? Right here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to cut it later, but for right now, it's in here. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's that, or you could do the thing where you just play another partner for the colors and then make it so you can't actually play it. Like, you just play Tana, but then you don't have any green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I honestly, don't, I don't like doing that. At this particular point, you might as well just play Tana. I would rather play Tana and not be able to cast her out of the zone than have Ludovic on my battlefield. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If it was, and I, I don't really do this very often, if it was this, or they should have done it this way, but if it was worded such that if we lost life, they couldn't draw cards, right? That'd be cool. Yeah. Because then we could use it such that on our turn, at the end of our turn, we could have made our opponent lost lose life. So we would draw a card on their turns if we lost life on our turn, because, you know, we're playing a Necropotence, for example, we could just pay a life to draw our card with Necropotence because we lost life. They can't draw cards yeah, now. Fuck them. Right? That would have yeah. been like, that would have been a good card. Yeah, a really good card. Yeah. So maybe too good of a card. Well, and that's the thing. We don't like, we're not professional game designers. We don't know if that would have been too good of a card. Don't. That's why it's that kind of conversation I don't really think is ever worth having. You stop talking down about us. We make great cards. <laughs> Great decisions all the time. Absolutely. Every decision we have ever made that have led us to this moment right now has obviously been good because we're right here now and things are great. That's it. Good vibes. So now we're going to talk about a deck. I guess. I suppose we could. 
Where should we start? No custom categories for us today. Right? No, you know what? And here's the thing. This was a listener submitted deck, Rob Quist. That's kind of a funny name. Rob Quist. Rob Quist, yeah. Thank you for the deck. We liked it. It was a little bit atypical from a what kind of archetype it is standpoint. This is a artifact-centric Super Friends deck. What? In Grixis. What? Yeah, kind of weird. So I thought it was unique. It doesn't include white or green, of course. The cards that are, I'm going to call them typical in Super Friends decks, a la Atraxa. Yeah, people love their green in their Super Friends decks. Yeah, or it, also, it's not five color, which is also an, a common way that people build Super Friends to take advantage of all colors. Yeah. I figured, even as far as Grixis Super Friends go, because it's an artifact sub-themed deck, we're going to see... Some planeswalkers that we don't normally see. The Sahilis, the Tezzerets, that sometimes don't make their way into Regu Super Friends decks. Looking at the planeswalker suite, and this actually makes me feel really good based <gasps> on what you just said, I play every single one of those. <laughs> he smashed his keyboard smashed at the same time. I play them all, except for Ugin the Spirit Dragon. Spoiler, he's in here. Oh yeah, Oogie D. I, I can't afford him yet. So well, maybe you'll crack them in the uh, Corset 21 pack. Maybe you'll get a Showcase Promo Premium Foil Super Ultra Ooh. that looks the fucking same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it'll have the stupid... Again, I keep going back to Arena. How oh, I fucking hate Arena. They give you this like avatar of Ugin, and if you buy the... There's a thing that you buy, and for the $65 that you pay for it and get virtually nothing, they give you a picture of Ugin that can be your avatar, and it's like skinny and stupid looking. Well, it's like Skeletor skinny. without his clothes on. Ew. Yeah, because that blue skin and all those muscles, that's just like a suit that he wears. I don't know if... No. There, yeah. What? Yeah, he like unzips It looks that. so real. He's like a skeleton under there. What? Yeah. What the... F it's the truth. Costume cookout podcast. Yeah. <laughs> CCO. <laughs> so where should we start in the deck tech? Well, do you want to just jump right off with the P-dubs? Ah, uh, sure. There's 14 of them. 14 walkers. So, and you know what? Like, Gird I'm, your loins, hey? Yeah, I am going oh. to paraphrase the hell out of some of these abilities because walkers are actually pretty hard for us to, to read and con conceptual, contextualize, right? They're, oh, no. It's they just don't, they do don't translate to audio only very good. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll start with Ugin. We already talked about him. All right, Ugin, eight drop, Planeswalker Ugin. This is Ugi D, the Spirit Dragon. Seven loyalty, plus two, he bolts something, Lightning Bolt. Minus X, he destroys things that are colored with... E exiles them. Oh, exiles things that are colored with CMC less than X, right? Yep. Minus 10, which is not that crazy to think about it because he's got a plus two on seven loyalty. You gain seven life, draw seven cards, and put up to seven permanents from your hand onto the fucking B. Jesus. So it... it Minus 10, probably win the game. Virtually oh, any time yeah. you play this. There's not very many times you're going to do that and not pull so far ahead that you either immediately or very soon afterwards win the game. You know what the best part of that is? Is like you gain your 7. Okay, fine. Who cares? Draw your 7. Then you put 7 cards from your hand onto the battlefield. So like even if you had 0 cards in hand when you did that, there is only 4 instants in this whole deck. So like... Everything else is going right onto the battlefield. Yeah, man. And there are probably going to be some planeswalkers in there. Most most likely. Yeah. Uh, we also have Ugin the Ineffable, and nobody is ineffable around here, so F U Ugin. Yes, this is Ugi I F. F him. Six drop Ugi, four loyalty, 
Got a static creature spells cost two less to cast. Colorless spells. Ooh, good thing I got you with the with the eyeballs now. Yeah, good thing I have glasses. <laughs> Colorless spells cost two less. Good. There's lots of artifacts in this deck. It's an artifact deck. Plus one exile the top card of your library and you put it face down. And you can turn it face up for its mana cost anytime. It's a two two. Yep. That that's um what is that called? Not morphing. Um, reality shifting. Mad modulating no everybody's screaming right at their cast right now oh no <laughs> manifest yes i was gonna call it morphafest oh we got there <laughs> we got there there it is his minus three destroy target permanent that's one or more colors all right she's so gonna get you and we got uh tezzy m of the b oh i love m and some b don't know what that means, but probably don't Google yeah, definitely it. Definitely don't. Probably yeah. something to do with you know some ground burger meat and like a and a butt and a tenderizing hammer. Just, yeah, man. Anyways, black, blue, four, five loyalty Tezzeret. creatures and planeswalkers you control have affinity for artifacts. Oh, this card. This is a cool card. I like this one. The lots. power of this card is too damn high. <laughs> What that means is for each artifact you control, creatures and planeswalkers you cast cost one less to cast. So yeah. if you got five things, your shit costs five less. If it's a if it's a creature or planeswalker. And newsflash, it's gonna be because there's 17 creatures and 14 planeswalkers. Yeah. Anyways, his plus two is X damage to each opponent where X is the number of artifacts you control. And then, oh, if that's not enough, gain X life. Yeah. Because it wasn't good enough already. This is a six mana walker, Ryan. Yeah, that's it can't just. This could be in a dual deck for F sakes. Yeah. <laughs> this card, that's a win con. That is a win con considering the number of artifacts 20 plus three artifact lands plus all the artifact creatures. This is a win con. And all the tokens that we're going to make later. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, his minus three return target artifact from your graveyard to your hand. Oh, that doesn't make a token. No, we'll, we'll get to tokens. We're, we're we, can, we can sort of count that as card advantage or card draw. Sure. Because you can do that once, gain a bunch of life, kill a bunch of things, do it again. It's like card draw. Anyways, his minus eight exile, the top 10 cards of your library, put all artifacts onto the battlefield. Why not? Yeah. Why not? We got another Tezzeret. This time the Seeker. I think this is OG Tez. OGT. This is five mana Tez, four loyalty. You up them to untap two artifacts. Minus X, search your library for artifact with CMC X or less, put it onto the battlefield. You find a land usually. You could find a land or you could find first turn you could just use it as a five mana tutor for a four drop or less yeah that's good and then minus x all your artifacts become five fives cool till end of turn sorry minus five so you can plus them once and then you can just minus them and kill them and overrun with artifacts sure we have another tezzeret this oh. time he's the schemer with like a that's not a it's like a not metal hand that's like a that's a it's a clamp biological hand He's like the guy on Kingpin, Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Captain Hook. Yeah. Yeah. Tezzeret, Hooky, Harrelson. Like it. Four mana, Demir and two, five loyalty Tez. You get a, you can plus one to get a treasure token. You minus two to give plus X, minus X, where X is the number of artifacts you control. That could be a win con. Yeah. And minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of each combat on your turn, target artifact you control becomes a five, five. Sure. Sure. That's not as good as the other ones, but I suppose it happens and happens and it happens and it happens. His minus two is where it's at because you can just pump something to infinity. Yeah, you can pump or shrink. Yeah. Yeah, pump and pump or dump. Yeah, Depending pump or on, dump. Yeah. I was going to say pump or dink, but it's kind you of the You can do same. that too. Now we're rocking all these Sahilis. we got Sahili the Gifted. 
Oh man, this is this is could be your commander Sahili. Yes. yes, four loyalty for is it in two? Plus one, you get a servo token. Sure, sure. Minus oh no, plus one again. Cool. The first spell you cast this turn costs one less for each artifact you control. So with shitty Tezzeret Master of the Bridge. Oh yeah. Get you, out of here, Sahili. Your next spell is uh, got affinity for artifacts. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, her minus seven for each artifact you control. Put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of it. With haste, and then you exile it at the end of the turn. That's a good ability. It's fine. Yeah. How about Sahili's Sublime Artificer? I like this one. Oh, I like this one too. I so wish it was mono red. Plus one, you scry, and then it deals one damage to each opponent. Cool. This is different. Di- you're reading the wrong one. Oh, how many Sahilis are there? There's three. Holy. I know. It's holy Sahili. <laughs> Yours is in a different order than mine, dude. You got to. Yeah, I organized it differently when I was doing the notes. My undo bad. Undo that. No, I'm not. Jesus. I'm Christ. just. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. Still a three mana Sahili, five loyalty. She got a static. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get a one-one colorless servo. That is. This would go in Zada if it was mono red. Yes. Minus two target artifact becomes a copy of another target artifact. You just me- transmute it into something else. Till end of turn. turn. Yeah, sure. And then the other one was Sahili Rai. That's the one you started with. That's the scry deals a damage to each opponent. Minus two, create a copy of target artifact. It becomes haste, and you can beat, beat face with it, sure. Yeah. And minus seven, search your library up to three artifacts, put them on the battlefield. Artifacts with different names. We're playing EDH. They'll have different names. Is there any artifacts that we could play multiples of in the same deck? I don't think so. Uh, I think you're right. The, the minute they print that, you will see an explosion in Mishra Artificer Prodigy decks. Yes. And, and Sahili Rai will not go in that deck. Yes. <laughs> not a chance. All right. We got Nick Bolas, Dragon God. Oh, is... I just wanted to say it all in tens. This is uh, another win con in the Planeswalker slot. This is red, black, 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 blue. This is a uh, Nick Bolas, Planeswalker. Man. Cool. Nick Bolas has loyalty abilities of all Planeswalkers. Jesus. On the battlefield, not just ours, but fucking everybody's. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, so when you're playing that super deck that has, that super friends deck that has green in it, you're still gonna... Sure. Yeah. Plus one, draw a card. Each opponent exiles a card from their hand, or a permanent they control. Sure. Why not? Could that... I've heard this, and we've had this discussion. Is that the best plus one ability on any Planeswalker in the game? Draw a card, and everybody else either discards something, or F something on their board. It's pretty good. That's a good-ass ability. It's really good. His minus three, destroy target creature or planeswalker. Sure. That's pretty good. Hero's downfall. Just get in there. Yeah, there it is. Minus eight. Each opponent who doesn't control a legendary creature or planeswalker loses the game. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. I will just kill fucking everybody. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's a um, solid card. That is a powerful, powerful magic card. I feel everybody knows these two, so maybe we can just clump them because they're probably just here because they're in the colors and they're both good in Ashiok and Narset. That prevents people from drawing cards in Narset, and it prevents people from searching their libraries in Ashiok. It also Fs graveyards, graveyards. with Ashiok. Repeatedly. Repeatedly, and it can put everything but creatures into your hand with Narset. Those are cards lots of people play. Lots of people know yep. them. They're not necessarily here for the strategy. They're here because they're just effing good cards. That are oh, yeah. They're three mana walkers that have relevant statics and relevant down ticks. Super good. And we can proliferate in this deck. Newsflash, everybody. So Dude. we're going to be able to do this multiple times. Yes. Man, uh, that Ashiok, when you, the moment that people discover when you can mill yourself and then exile somebody else's graveyard. <laughs> oh, baby. That moment when people 
find that out, it's like their whole body just like vibrates. Yeah, yes. For anybody ra- who just learned that, you're welcome. Yeah, the rage is true. Uh, Doretti scraps Savant. Ooh, he's a four four mana three loyalty. You plus him to d- d- discard two, then draw up to two. Discard up to two, draw that many. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Minus one is or minus two is sacrifice an artifact, then you get an artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's Goblin Welder. Goblin Welder. Minus ten is an emblem at the beginning of your end step. You get a at the beginning of your end step. You get a fucking artifact. artifact back. Yeah, we couldn't say that. And it's each artifact too. Like if all of your artifacts eat shit at the end of your turn because you shatter stormed or something, they all come back. It's not just one. Oh, yeah. Duretti. Turns yeah. out he's good in an artifact deck. Okay. Now, this one, I think, is overlooked sometimes in Doretti Ingenious Iconoclast. Yeah, you like this one. This is a three-mana walker, which is not irrelevant, which is relevant, so I don't use a double negative. There you go. It's red, black, one, Doretti, three loyalty, plus one. You create a colorless construct with Defender. Fine. Fine. It blocks. It keeps your Planeswalkers alive. That's one of the reasons he's good. His minus one, sacrifice an artifact destroy target artifact or creature. Very good. You literally pick something up and throw it at somebody else and it explodes in their face. Yes. That's what happens. Minus six, choose target artifact card in your graveyard. In a graveyard or in play. Oh. Put three tokens of that onto the battlefield. Yeah. What? <laughs> just, okay, well, I, you know what? I really like this thing. I guess I just want three more of it. Yeah. I have definitely used that in the past to make Swords of Feast and Famine. Not and terrible. Let me tell you how good three Swords of Feast and Famine are when you're playing zero of them in your deck. Ooh. Yeah, there baby. Go. Got there. Got Super there. Super good. Uh, we got uh, Dick Fading. Dick Fading. This is another three mana guy. He's This is a vintage card. Did you know it? This is a good ass card. Dak yeah. Faden is red, blue, one, three loyalty, plus one, draw two, then discard two. Sure. So we love drawing. Discarding's fine because we're playing Durettis and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. And artifacts that recur other artifacts. Yes. And our commander recurs artifacts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Minus two, gain control of target artifact. Period. Minus six, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a spell that targets one or more permanents, gain control of those permanents. Jesus. Willbreaker, right? Sure. I think that's what that. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. I we, think, I we, think you're we right. played him a couple weeks ago, or yeah. a couple weeks ago, and there we are. Those are the those are the walkers. That's a sweet, sweet of walkers. A sweet, sweet. I like. Of I like how it's just like four different characters, but they just repeat them four it, or five times. Just over and over. <laughs> I bet you. I'll bet you our man here is super happy that they changed that legendary rule. Hey. Oh yeah, that's been for a while. I guess so. Yeah, he might not. He might not even know that was a thing. So let's skip over to instance real quick because they kind of are just like. There's a tutor and some removal spells in... Bedevil, Chaos Warps, Cyclonic Rift, and then the one that you don't know is War of Invention. That is Court of Calling, but in blue. For artifacts. Yeah, blue, blue, blue X, and it's got Improvise, which is your artifacts can help cast this spell by tapping them. You get one mana to help pay for X for each artifact that you tap. And improvise, improvise doesn't work like convoke in that convoke. If you tap like a green creature, it'll help you pay for a green pip. Yeah. Improvise if you tap a blue artifact to pay for War of Invention. It doesn't pay for the blue component, right? J- just the X part in this in this case. So or the it, colorless part. Yeah, it, it can't be, f- air quotes, free, but X can be free. Yes, it can cost you three to find something that costs eight or ten. Yeah, notable, it is an instant does put it onto the battlefield yes which is important i wish that there were uh maybe i don't wish that there was artifact planeswalkers no you don't want that nobody Uh, wants that 
Wizards, if you're listening, and I know you are, you scum. No, we they, don't they, want they that. don't listen. They've blacklisted us, remember? Oh, yeah. We've decided this. Now, somebody still listens. They still have that guy that listens to all the blacklisted podcasts. They can steal all of our good ideas and give it to the approved content creators. That's a sound that conspiracy might, theory. That might sound like I have a tinfoil hat on my head, but <laughs> Ryan, there are things that are happening in Magic World that make me go, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is not the place. Let's talk some sorceries. Uh, we got Blasphemous Act. Everybody knows Blasphemous Act. Does 13 to all creatures, cost less for the number of creatures that are in play. We have Contentious Plan. It's Proliferate Draw Card. I think that we could probably cut this for something else that proliferates because this is the only instance of this happening, and I just think that there are better things we could do. Oh, I was going to say, isn't there a Steady Progress? But there isn't. Yeah, like we could play Steady Progress. This we isn't the play... only instance of Proliferate. No, but it is the only instance of a one-off Draw Card Proliferate. We have enough card advantage and enough recurring ways to draw cards and do these kinds of things that we could play a contagion clasp or a contagion engine or a steady progress yeah uh, or or, um not a steady progress tezzeret's gambit right the one where you draw draw to proliferate for or draw and proliferate but it's a phyrexian mana sure it's cheaper whatever or or there's the uh what's the thing where every time you cast a spell proliferate is that steady progress no that's um inexorable tide yeah that'd be okay too like i was gonna say maybe contentious plan like fits into the curve but you, you don't have planeswalkers on turn two or no and and it's a sorcery so you can't even like cast it oh i've got these two extra mana from not cyclonic rifting left over i'm gonna you know steady progress at the end of turn to proliferate draw a card at instant speed i just feel you could be a little bit more on the nose with it and it might just it's not gonna make the deck super more better but it's just something to think about we have a Sahili's artistry which goes blue blue four choose one or both create a token that's a copy of target artifact and or create a token that is a copy of target creature except it is an artifact in addition to its other types you can choose the same artifact creature for both modes right yes okay yeah so very so cool like if we like we could choose our own worm coil engine and it's an artifact, so I'll get a copy of it. And it's a creature, so I'll get another copy of it that is also an artifact. Yes. Cool. Cool. I like that one. Three worm coil engines for the price of two. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good sale. And the last one, and I really like this spell a lot, is the Elder spell. Yeah. I remember when everybody was like, this is going to ruin EDH. I don't think I ever said that. No, but like everybody was like, oh, two mana, destroy all the walkers. That's broken. They should ban this card in EDH. You remember that? There was there was some, I'm sure there are people. There was some that. hubbub. It's a sorcery for black black. Destroy any number of target planes walkers. Any number of target planes walkers. All of them that aren't yours. Most likely. Even some that are yours because you want to ultimate somebody because choose a planes walker. Put two loyalty counters on it for each planes walker destroyed this way. So, so if, if we could just target our own in addition to everybody else's and kill all of ours because we want to like ultimate Nikki B or or Oogie B. Yeah, like if you just want to ultimate a planeswalker right now and just really make some people mad, the elder spell. The elder spell. Got a foil yeah. one in the mail right now. Oh yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Cool art. Probably good foil hair. All those planeswalker sparks getting sucked out of people. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Don't Google that. <laughs> Where should we go next, Brian? Let's do enchantments real quick because there's only three of them. There's a Mirrodin Besieged is number one, which when it enters the battlefield, choose Mirren or Phyrexian. If you choose Mirren, whenever you cast an artifact spell, you get a 1-1 colorless mirror artifact creature token. We might pick that. I think both modes on this card are bo- are pickable, and I think that's really cool. Because usually it's very obvious which one you want. Yeah. The, and th- the game will... Pr- it's usually very obvious for deck inclusion reasons. This deck, you know what? It's probably very obvious after you put it in the deck when you're playing in a game. 
Yeah. The Phyrexian side is, at the beginning of your end step, draw a card, then discard a card. Then if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, target player loses the game. Wow. Yeah. So I guess like, almost all of your artifacts have to be in the graveyard, but, you know... It, it's it's hypothetically possible. Yeah, you've got like we've got a couple artifacts that we want to sacrifice for mana, which is fine. We'll just put them in the yard if that means we're going to kill somebody. Then you know a couple sweepers are going to put our worm coils and our you know thopter assemblies and whatever thopter assemblies a creature, right? Yes, going to put those in the graveyard. Yeah. So like it isn't really that. It's not out of the realm of possibility. And you know, if you were to run a Traumatize in this deck that you're never going to play on anybody but yourself, oh, yeah. why not? I didn't know you could... You Don't you just... Doesn't Traumatize just target ourselves? I, You know, I, I think I think it so. got some errata recently that just says you can only target yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyways. Uh, the next one is... Let's let's do that one last. Let's do Thopter's Spy Network first. Sure. This is four mana, blue, blue, two. At the beginning of your upkeep, if you control an artifact, which we will, create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter with flying. Cool. Whenever one or more artifact creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. It's, it's an improved coastal piracy if most of your creatures are artifact creatures. Which they are. Yes. It's contingent upon us building an artifact deck coastal piracy. Yes. It gives us flyers. So... Like, somebody's you're, not going to have flyers. Wait, we'll draw cards you, off this. You're going to get cards off the Thopter Spy Network, and you're going to get mana off of Storm the Vault. Yeah, four mana again, red, blue, two. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, we get a treasure. And at the beginning of our end step, if we control five or more artifacts, which we will, we transform it into Talarian Academy. Have you ever played this and have... It not immediately flip into a Tularean Academy. I've never cast this card, but I've also never seen it not immediately flip at end of turn. I have. I've never put this onto the battlefield and had to do anything but that to get a Tularean Academy, ever. Yeah. In- uh, improved Tularean Academy. It taps for any mana, any color, so you can get your yeah. black and your red in this deck. But if you want a blue for every artifact you control, you also get that. <laughs> yeah, because why not? Right? The Gaia's Cradle still only taps for green because, you know, it's too broken otherwise. But nah, nah. This one can tap for This can tap for anything. Yep. And it, it, what is it called? Vault of Catlacan. So, yeah, we're playing lots of artifacts that's going to flip. Yeah, the, the, that's going to happen. It's basically Tolarian Academy, but they had to put a caveat on it. So you have to work a little bit. Just a touch. Yeah, it's it's a four mana Tolarian Academy. Turns out it's still good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, where should we go? Should we do some Creech? You know what? Let's move to the... artifacts. Let's do some artifacts and clump all our mana rocks together because while typical, there'll be a couple at the end that we probably want to touch on and say WTF to. All right, we got an ever-flowing chalice, an inspiring statuary, which is a favorite of mine. We have a lotus bloom, a lotus petal, a mine stone, a mox tantalite, what the hell, a Clark clan ironworks, a sol ring, and talisman... Of dominance. And a Wayfarer's Bobble. We can count that too. Yeah. If we're, if we're counting the inspiring statuary that just lets our artifacts tap to give us mana. But don't tap for mana. They tap to help, help you cast yeah. not artifact things. It sort of turns our mana, our artifacts into mana rocks, right? Yes. By giving them conspire. Yep. They're very. It's a very cool card. And the art is done by who is fast becoming one of my favorite magic artists in Kirsten Zerngibble. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So just a... 
little fun thing. She's a she's a very nice lady. If you don't follow her on social media, you should. She's very interactive and she's always doing lots of new and interesting things. Cool. Ooh. There's a little art promo. Yeah. Shameless shout out there for somebody that didn't ask for it. Very much so. <laughs> Probably somebody who didn't fucking want it. <laughs> Not from CCO anyways. <laughs> the CCO sent me. God damn it. God damn those guys. Stop liking me. <laughs> <laughs> so Lotus Bloom and Mox Tantalite. Those are suspend cards. Yes. Now we were talking about suspend. They do have a converted mana cost of zero, but they don't have a mana cost. So you have to be able to either cast them by suspending them. You know, they you exile them with so many suspend counters, and at the beginning of each upkeep, you take a counter off. When you take the last counter off, you have to cast it for free. Yes. That's what you do. That's what suspend is. Silas Wren, if you remember, is... Whenever he deals combat damage to an opponent, you can cast an artifact from your graveyard. Of note, it doesn't say for free. So I'm thinking maybe Rob doesn't know this, or for anybody who doesn't know this, those suspend cards and Silas Wren don't interact very favorably. Yeah, or or at all. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you can't suspend from your graveyard either. You have to have it in your hand to suspend it. That's right. That is built right into the mechanics of suspend. You can sus- exile this card from your hand. Yeah, so I would I, I would just recommend that he go out, cut these two cards, get a, just, just get a real Black Lotus, because it's just better than the Lotus <laughs> Boom, right? Just get one of those real quick and pick up any of your on-color Moxon. Yep. And you're going to see a, a, a high increase... In the power output of your deck. Yes, as long as you have, you know, that that pre-game talk that you're playing with banned cards. Yes. You know, you, know, you could get you could get a Lion's Eye Diamond, because if you have to discard your whole hand, you can just get your artifacts back with Silas Ren that you can cast off your Lion's Eye Diamond. Ooh. Right? You crack LED, discard your hand, put Silas Ren into play turn one, and then every other turn of the game, because nobody's going to have creatures on two and three, you can just get your artifacts back from your graveyard. Your second hand, right? There it is. And you cut the... You cut the the other suspend one, the Mox Tantalite, for any other Mox. Yeah, anything that says Mox on it, cut Tantalite, play that one. Yeah. Even, maybe their budget includes, maybe their cards. Even Mox have, but... Amber, if you can first turn cast Ren off of your LED, yeah. you can get your Mox Amber from your graveyard with Silas Ren on turn two, and it'll tap for mana. Ha! You could just get your LED back from fucking. Yeah, just Ren. get the LED. That's LED what back. you do. Yeah, that's way better. That's what you do. Yes, yeah, so the moral of the story is get an LED, get a Mox Diamond. Mox, this has Mox in it, right? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, there Last it is. Last time I checked, Mox Diamond did say Mox. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, yeah, just get those. The, mo- the actual moral of the story is, is you can't cast these cards from your graveyard with Silas Ren because it doesn't say. For free. Cast without paying mana cost, a la Cascade, right? Cascade yes. says cast it without paying its mana cost. So does things like um, so sun, does suspend. Sun, Sunbird's Invocation, so does Suspend. You cast it without paying its mana cost. Yes. So we just thought we'd mention that. Be rules lawyers a little bit. Yeah. Well, sometimes maybe we see cards. that I've definitely done it where I play cards and they don't work the way I think they do. Mm-hmm. And then you go when you're you're playing the game and you're doing this thing and it, it doesn't actually work. And either you get caught and you feel like an idiot because, oh, fuck, I don't know how my own deck works. Or it seriously impacts the state of a game and then you figure out that you've been playing it wrong yeah. for an hour and now all of a sudden somebody's pissed off or like yeah. the game's just or you go home at night after a game and and you're like oh does that 
did I do that right? And you look it up and you were wrong and then yeah. you got to like message your friends and say, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Or sometimes you even have the rules fight about it. We're like now you're sore at each other because yeah. you've been arguing about it and then you have to look it up and it's the whole thing. So hopefully we saved some people some some of that. Yeah. And if we didn't, remember, communication is key. Yes. We always say it. Yes. Never be, aff- never, uh, be hurt when somebody corrects something that you've done if what you've done is a mistake. Yeah, for sure. They're not doing it to hurt your feelings. I, I hope. And if you're hurt, and if you're correcting people to hurt their feelings, fuck off. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Prototype portal, four mana, imprint, exile something from your hand, an artifact in particular. X, tap, create a token of that artifact with converted mana cost X. So Dig you it. just, you exile something, then you can create tokens of it all the live long day. Yes. Cranial plating. Hell yeah. Yeah, baby. This is another win con. This is a two mana equipment. Equipped creature gets plus one, plus O oh for each artifact you control. What do we call that? Plus 10? Uh, yes. Let's call it plus at, 10. At least. You can equip it for one. Better yet, wait, there's more. You can slap some flex seal on that for black, black, and just equip it at instant speed. Hell yeah. And it just goes on Silas, and you beat wholesale ass with it. That's like running out the door, and you need to slam your hat on to go do some gardening so the sun's not in your eyes. Yep. You fucking grab the hat off the hook real fast and put it right in your head and go outside. Yep. Instant speed, baby. Beat mad wholesale ass with it. Yeah. And you can beat in with it because you've used your engineered explosives to clear the path. Oh, baby, what is the deal with this card? I always have the conversation, are engineered explosives and chalice of the void good in Commander? Turns out that engineered is and chalice isn't. (laughs) Chalice? Are we going to have the chalice conversation again? (laughs) I think that chalice is okay in certain situations and it 100% depends on your metagame. If you're playing tons of people who in all of their decks, they play a million rocks and a million dorks. Yeah, dorks and rocks. Then Chalice is good. The the closer you get to the CEDH end of the spectrum, if if you're playing like zero cost and maybe two cost rocks and dorks, you can put Chalice on one, maybe on turn one because you have two mana because you're zero cost rocks and you counter all the one drops. Then it's good. Yeah, like there are situations where Chalice of the Void is playable in Commander. Is it good? Probably not. Yeah, Chalice and Casual Commander probably has to be on three or four. Then you're spending six or eight on it because it's XX and it's cost. And like counter all the three drops for six mana while that is powerful. It's fucking six mana. Like I'm going to cast a Worm Coil or a Tezzeret, you know? Yeah, play something big and splashy. Don't play something super douchey. If you're going to play something douchey, just play Blood Moon. That also counters lots of things. Yeah, right? <laughs> but Chalice does go in any colored deck. Blood That's Moon true. doesn't. Well, Blood Moon goes in all the good colored decks. <laughs> engineered explosive. Tangent aside, engineered explosive. X sunburst. So that means it gets a charge counter on the battlefield for each color of mana you spent on it. Maximum here, three. But we could spend two mana or one mana on it, all of the same color. Yes. You could pay two, sacrifice it, destroy each non land permi with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on it. Yeah. And hypothetically, you could do five if you use your improved. Oh, Tolarian Academy, yep. and I guess that Mox Tantalite will also get you... And your your Black Lotus thing, and you were playing Exotic Orchard, Command Tower. You could hypothetically get it higher than three, and you can always proliferate it, which we're going to get to eventually. Oh, yeah, you could destroy stuff with six six and seven and stuff. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, we got a Greaves. Everybody knows Greaves. Greaves, haste, yeah. Uh, Lux Cannon, destroy shit. Yeah. Make, Charge counters, we proliferate, right? Yep, yep. get them in there, destroy some stuff. Prototype Portal we talked about. Time Sieve, okay, black, blue, sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn. I'm sure there's a way to combo with this card. You can sacrifice... Well, just just by value of all of your Planeswalkers, there are, 
you can probably set it up where you're just making four or five token artifacts every turn, and then you just right. Yeah, you know what? You can you can sacrifice the five Thopters that Thopter Assembly gives you, and then you can either bounce the Thopter Assembly or you can sacrifice it and then recast it, you know, with a mirror retriever and you get at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have if you control no Thopters other than Thopter Assembly, you return it to your hand so it bounces itself. Never mind. And you get five Thopters. So you sacrifice those five Thopters. You've got your Thopter assembly back in your hand. You can cast it on your extra turn. You get five more things. Yeah. Yeah. That's so there it is. Time sieve. Time sieve. It combos with everything. You know what? Game's got to end. Yeah. And there's got to be combos in decks to end the game if you don't have your cranial plating, your master of the bridge, Tezzeret, yeah. right? And it's fine. It is a thing, too, to note where if you're going to play an, I think, anyway, if you're going to play a Super Friends deck, they can be pretty dirtily. Yeah, that's, so make sure that you yeah. have something in there where you can demonstrably say, "Okay, boom." Maybe it's act. Maybe it's by accident, but I win the game now. Yeah, just because it's like I'm going to activate 14 plans. Fuck, just win. So time, yep. Steve. Good on you. Yep. Speaking uh, of just winning, this card is going to do it to the chain veil. Little bit spendy, spendy at 23 bucks, but it's going to let you pay for tap it and planeswalk because you control can activate abilities again, bro. This guy just put a Lion's Eye Diamond and a Mox Diamond in this deck. He does not give a shit about budget. You're right. Yeah. You're right. And if we can sacrifice this to our Kirk Clan Ironworks and then get it back with Silas Wren or get it back with like a Mirror Retriever or some other thing that we're playing, Goblin Welder maybe, we can have it in play untapped again and we can activate that Tezzeret Master of the Bridge like two or three or four times in a turn. Killing Sick. all of our opponents for the number of artifacts we control. Yeah, Sick. this card's gonna win us yeah. games. Yeah, there's a throne of Geth. Also, you sack an artifact to proliferate. That's our second instance of proliferate in the deck, right? Correct. Okay. And we have an unwinding clock and a Tormon's crypt. Tormon's crypt wrecks graveyards. Unwinding clock untaps all artifacts you control during each other player's untap step. Yeah, like our, our, uh, what did I just say? Chain veil. Ah, uh, that yeah. doesn't matter because we're not playing any Tefries, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's do some creatures. We talked about Thopter Assembly. We've got a Treasure Keeper that that cascades when it dies, and we're playing things that let us sacrifice artifacts like the Kirk Clan Ironworks. And I mean, artifacts are just gonna die, right? Why doesn't it just say Cascade on it? I know that Cascade wasn't in, but this it could have just said Cascade. Could have just said Die Cascade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, like it, it could have said that. Ah, yeah, yeah, but it can't though, right? We talked about Worm Coil Engine. I think people know Worm Coil Engine at this point. Yeah, for sure. And Meteor Golem, 7 mana, 3-3. Three, three, when it enters the battlefield, exile a permanent. Yeah, we're we're kind of just skimming these because a lot of these are... The things you would expect. There's a Thrumming Bird. Yeah, when it deals combat damage, proliferate. It's yeah. a 1-1 one, one flyer. Scrap Trawler puts artifacts from your graveyard back into play, or is that the one that... When something dies, it brings something else back with lesser converted mana cost back to the battlefield. There we right? go. So this is another way that you can sacrifice stuff to get smaller stuff back. And yes. you can kind of go down a chain of that. There's probably, depending on your battlefield, there's probably chains of that that can kind of make pretty efficient little ways to activate, you know, your chain veil twice. Yes. Right? Uh, we got a... Psy Master Thopterist. Oh, this is another little ditty here. Whenever you cast an artifact spell, create a 1-1 one, one Thopter. You can sack two artifacts. There it is, to yeah. draw a card. And he's, it's, he's kind of got Sahili's static ability and then a card draw ability on top of that. 
Yeah, when you cast artifact spells, you get to you get to do stuff, right? Yeah. And we're gonna do a lot of that. It's gonna give us more artifacts that we can sacrifice. Yeah. Also, we've got a Joyra Weatherlight Captain. So as long as we're casting artifacts that give us more artifacts, like Sahili and Sai do, we can sacrifice them to mana to Kirk Clan Ironworks. All while drawing cards to cast more artifacts with Sisse, because whenever we cast, get this, a historic spell that is an artifact or a legendary card. Or a saga. Who cares? All yeah. of our planeswalkers are legendary. So if we're casting pretty much anything in our deck, we're going to draw cards. Yeah. Very good card. She's just solid and good. We got a Phyrexian Metamorph. It's the uh, three mana, two life clone. Yep. Uh, I think notable not in this deck is Spark Double. I think that this deck could really do with a spark double. I know that yeah. all all decks that are Super Friends decks should probably have a spark double in it. You can copy another Planeswalker, but the legendary rule doesn't apply. Exactly. For five mana, right? Four. Four? For four. Ooh. It, cost, it costs clone. Are you sure? 100%. Wow. That's 100%. And it copies anything legendary, and if it's a legendary creature, it gets a plus one, plus one counter. If it's a Planeswalker, it comes into play with an additional loyalty counter on it. I should know this because I play that. In Pramacon for Sith Petitioners. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, keep skimming. We've got a chief engineer that gives your artifacts conspire so they can tap to help you pay for other artifacts. Goblin Welder is an excellent way to get stuff. Yep. You sacrifice an artifact to get a different artifact back. Trading stuff up. Trading stuff up or trading stuff down with your with your scrap trawler and your goblin welder at the same time. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. You, can you know do what it this deck needs? Intruder alarm. Boom, infinite with goblin welder. Intruder alarm. Boom. Infinite <laughs> with everything. <laughs> Who'd have thought that you could do that, thought, eh? There it is. Oh, shit. We got a hanger back walker just because sometimes you need to win games. Yeah, you can proliferate the plus ones on it so it gets big, big right? Big, and then big. when it dies, you get that many thopters, however big it is. And then you can use those thopters to, to take, take extra turns. turns. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Or just make a ton of mana, right? Yes. A ton of mana, and then you draw seven cards from Ugin and cast literally everything in your hand. Oh, Ugin fucking does it for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, man. We got a flux channeler. Every time you cast a non-creature spell, you proliferate. That's There's a no, really good one. That's a good one. I like that That's card. a good one, especially for trading up and then sacrificing artifacts to, to cast more shit. Yeah. Like, once that wheel gets rolling, there's no stopping yeah. it. I have 100% accidentally won games of flux channeler in my Atraxa deck. Sweet. Because you just you, you sort, oops, I'm going to, I'm going to ultimate this Dovenbond. Again. You, know, you know what? If you've ever seen an altered art one done by me and it doesn't and it isn't in the hands of our boy FU Alex, it's stolen. Please contact me immediately. If you're a local and you see an altered art flux channeler that you think might be done by me, take a picture of send it to me. Because whoever owns it obtained it through illegal means. Yes, by breaking into a car and stealing a bag. Yeah. If you're breaking into cars and stealing bags, get the fuck, fuck off. out of here. Yeah. yeah. And the last creature we will talk about is Baleful Strix. How is this still so much money? They've printed it into the dirt. I wow. it, what's good? It's it it sees some light playing legacy. It goes in every cube ever. It's good in commander because it's all value. It's got a beautiful piece of artwork on it. Yeah. All all um It's a one one to... flying death toucher for blue black. It comes into play, draws a card. That's a it's a good ass card. I want to cycle this guy. I want to block with it and I want to get it back many times to draw many cards. I'm sure there's ways of doing it in this deck. We've ran over them into the dirt. <laughs> Pretty standard land base. We talked about a couple of the things that provide any color mana for our 
engineered explosive, but I think that's important. We are playing Great Furnace, Dark Steel Citadel, Seed of the Synod, and Vault of Whispers. You'll recognize those as the artifact lands. Yes. So we could sacrifice them to gain mana from Clark Clan Ironworks. Remember that time I was thinking out loud and I said, what if they made enchantment lands? And you were like, no, Brando, that will never happen. See why they printed artifact lands, or why they've never reprinted artifact lands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mind you, we do get artifact lands frequently in artifact-centric commander precons, which is a healthy place for them. Yes, that's where they belong. That's where. Because imagine play if them. they never actually printed new cardboard that said "Seat of the Synod." How much that that card would be worth? Oh shit! Keeping in mind that foil seats and foil great furnaces and vault of whispers from Mirrodin are like expensive. Very yes, they yeah. are very much. There are very many dollars of note. There's no there's no fetches in this deck. That's okay. So cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm on to that. Proving that you can play a three color deck with zero fetches, even slow shitty fetches. Speaking of fetches and and mana bases that aren't super expensive, this deck is 518 bucks on Arca deck. Now, if we took out Chain Veil at 24, Rift at 38, Zoics, Big Ugin at 35, who is going down because he's just seen a reprint. Yeah, he'll be. We're gonna yeah. call that 100 bucks. Coming out, $421 at that point. And of course, you're going to take that $100 savings and invest it. In beer. And a bunch of the other money that you have somewhere, probably from selling your car or another EDH deck, to buy that uh, Lion's Eye Diamond and Mox Diamond we talked about earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. we got to cut We gotta cut shit where we can to make those savings so that we can, we can get those artifacts in here. Yeah, you know what? I only brought up the budget because Planeswalker decks are expensive and people either kind of make it like a, a long-term project to procure enough planeswalkers to make a deck or they kind of just build a super friends deck that is the colors that are planeswalkers that they own yeah that's why mine is grow <laughs> yeah because they're <laughs> red and green walkers that aren't expensive exactly right? those are the ones and that i have even if you're making an atraxa colored one like atraxa is like 50 bucks duh right that's the deck yeah, that's the deck. And before we get to Spice Calculator, I mean, we touched on a couple of the strengths and weaknesses, but here's the official Here's the official quick and dirty. Yeah. Strengths. Strengths. Recursive. Very recursive. Yeah, at the, at the cost of, oh, the game is going to drag. That is a weakness. Yeah, lots of minutia, lots of, um, let, me, let me get my wheel rolling, let me take my five-minute turn, let me tick up all my dice on my Planeswalkers. Planeswalker decks and artifact decks on their own are big machines with lots of little tiny moving parts. This is both of those things, so it's not necessarily compounded, but it is something you will run into probably every single time you play the deck. You need to practice decks like this. You need to practice physically manipulating cardboard. Tap this, put this in my graveyard, take this, tick this dice up, take the, like there's so many different things. This would be an appropriate deck, I think, to have token counters instead of dice on your planeswalkers so you can just like grab a handful and I and say I'm going to tick up all these planeswalkers tick 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 just dis distribute your little coin counters instead of ticking up dice cuz that takes longer. Yeah, normally Ryan makes he gets mad at me when I have those, but in this case it's 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 a good thing. Strengths not oppressively powerful. Very true. Right? You're you're playing all of the best artifact planeswalkers, but you're not playing all of the best planeswalkers, and there's no doubling season or, or effects like that. Yes. Okay, cool. Weakness. Why the fuck is Ludwig yeah, why the way he, he is? <laughs> <laughs> He's almost a waste of a partner at this point. You might as well not play him. 
Yeah, you're just playing him for red, I think. Right? I, I agree. Yeah. And is, What's the other one do? What's his... What's the Frankenstein monster do? I don't even remember. That is Krom Ludwig's test subject. Um, Ludwig's opus, I think, right? Let's, let's find him quick. Let's just see what he does. Let's I, see he's, if he's, a, he's a CEDH commandy too. Okay, so he's a he's a 4-4 four, four for 5. Flying haste, already better. Whenever an opponent casts his or her second spell, he's turned draw a card way better. Play him instead. Why yeah. are you not playing him instead? Yeah, he beats, he flies, and he draws us cards only. And he has two heads. All good things. Yep. Yeah. Play them. Okay. Last strength I want to talk about today, some good finishers. Yes. We've got some Tezzerets in there that are going to finish games. We've got the cranial plating, going to finish games. There's lots of ways to achieve victory in the deck for all of the minutia and gear turning. You, It ends with you winning the game as opposed to having a 40-minute turn that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I'm going to draw, 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 draw. Oh, there's my cranial plating. Slap that puppy down. Take Die. 25. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, cool. It's important to be able to do that stuff in decks like this so your friends or people at your game store who could be your friends don't hate you. Yep. So, Spice Calculator. Ooh. There's 31 of this combination decks on edhrec.com. That's 20th among Grixis Commandies. That puts him right above Silas and Krom. There it is. <laughs> and right below Saul Kanar, the Swamp King. Oh. The swamp-walking... Whenever you, whenever a black spell is cast, you gain a life. Yeah, swamp ass Alkanar needs to shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Terrible. Well, there it is. Average CMC three point one one. That's all those artifacts costing really not very much mana, right? Truth. Yep. Tutors. We've got we've got two. We've got the blue court of calling. Yep. Word of Invention or whatever it is. Yeah, and then Tezzeret the Seeker is another tutor. Yes. So the tutors kind of hurt the spell, Spice Calculator, but more than that, there was like 40 matches on the stock list for Silas Wren and Ludwig. That's crazy. Mostly, it's because Silas wants you to do artifact stuff. All of the matches were in the artifacts and the, and the things that make artifacts cost less and the things that combo with Time Sieve, right? Yeah. Not a lot of the Planeswalkers that you play in Silas Ren decks match because Silas doesn't include red. Yes. But a couple of them did because you pair it with something that includes red and then you get insta matches in all the Sahilis and Duretis. Yes. So cards different than the stock page on EDHREC.com for Silas and Ludwig. 15. Ooh. Ooh. So you punch it all into the spice calculator. 29. Ooh. <laughs> that is spaghetti sauce with no tomatoes in it. Oh, man. That wow, is, yeah, we... that's it. Ooh. So Rob Quist, not the spiciest deck on terms of the formula, but because it is a Grixis artifact-centric Super Friends deck, we thought it was unique. Therefore, Honorary spice. Yes, we'll give you some honors there. We'll give you the we'll give you the star. We did talk about it after all. Yeah, that's it. That's gotta that's count it. for something, right? And of course, we've got a bunch other listener and Patreon submitted deck lists, both in our email, commandercookout at gmail.com. We save everything. We've got some backlog in the preferred deck list channel on our Discord. It's one of the benefits to becoming a patron, like your CCO nickname. Yep. And you can get that at patreon.com slash CCO podcast. If you want to let us know how we did, you can get at us on Twitter at CCO Podcast and at CCO Brando. Were we wrong? Were we right? Are we stupid? Yes. I like the deck. I like Super Friend. I like Ugin. 
Man, if you've ever ultimate, if you've ever minused an Ugin and had an Ugin left over, I'm telling you, that's pretty good. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that feels okay. That makes me feel good. You maybe you'll get an Ugin in your M21 pack. We'll see. I'll probably just get a second one and not yeah, get it to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's usually how these things go, Ryan. I'll get a fucking one with nothing somehow, and you'll get a goddamn Ugin the Spirit. <laughs> it's not even in the set. <laughs> that's just say now. You wait until I open. Yeah, mystery booster mispack. Hey, into a M21 in your rare <laughs> slot. <laughs> Oh, that's a good that's a good vibe to end it on. Hey, I didn't I didn't do a good vibe, but you know what? Like today today's episode, my good vibe is definitely going to be all. It's kind of cheesy, but all the stuff that I'm thankful for right now. You know, we had some nice weather. We can be outside. My garden's good. My back is feeling and my hip is feeling better. So I started working out again. I got to go to Costco today. That's not really a good vibe, but but you get to leave Costco later today. Yeah, you know what? I have the opportunity to be able to go to Costco, which I think, given today's state of affairs, that's a yeah. pretty good vibe. Yeah, that's not too bad. I'm gonna go home and play some video games with my dog. Max I'm, Crandell's gonna be there probably. Yeah, Max Crandell sent me a shotgun that shoots exploding saw blades. I'm really excited about that. So he, thank you, Max he, Crandell. He must have been listening to some of the previous backlog where we were trash talking. Is <laughs> he's trying to score points? It's not going to work. I'm still going to talk shit about you, Max. But it's all out of love. <laughs> there it is. There's a good vibe. Give us a final thought of the day. Final thought of the day. I think that this deck, much like what Ryan said, I think that this is really great. Planeswalker decks can be tedious to play against and to play, but they are lots of fun. And I think that this is something that takes the idea of a Super Friends deck and and makes something unique and exciting on that old archetype so good on you robquist for sending this in and coming up with this thanks for letting us talk about it on the show thank you all for being here with the show for the show and inviting us into your ear holes and your eye holes and any other hole that you like to have us in each and every week thanks to face2facegames.com they're our official sponsor and canada's biggest magic store for helping us keep the lights on and we will keep those home fires burning for you on another episode of commander cookout podcast Hit our theme song! <laughs>